Good morning. Thank you, Jesus, that we have a service on a Sunday morning where we're not wondering whether we should cancel because of the weather. So we're, we're, we're happy about that. Um, but I really sense that this is a, a moment. Um, today, we're gathered together in the name of Jesus. We're gathered together with purpose, and, and we just celebrate that this morning. We're, we're into a, a series on the book of Nehemiah. I love the book of Nehemiah. And there's so much in it, and um, which is good and bad, which means I have to really focus in order to be able to keep it reasonable as far as the amount of time and amount of information I throw at you. Um, we started uh, um, with our last message uh, with, and I mentioned the importance of the rebuilding of the wall in establishing a people of God. That, that in doing that, it was God had set apart a people, and with the walls of Jerusalem and so on torn down, they were losing their identity. And so it was very important because God is building a people. God is building a people, and he's building his church. And we celebrated that last week, or two weeks ago. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, I used the last time I spoke, whenever that was. And it says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And as we continue to unpack the book of Nehemiah, I want us to consider what's involved in responding to the call of God to attempt to be a part of building what God is building. Right? There's like, what is it to be a part of what God is building and wants to build in us and through us? Psalm 127, I want to kind of set a, 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 almost a disclaimer right from the beginning, this Psalm 127, and I feel it's important for us to keep this in context as we look forward. Psalm 127, verse 1, says this, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. I want us to keep that in mind as we progress today, because... Even if I talk about our part in building something, like even as I talk about God building something in us and through us, like we're taking part, we're part of it, that only happens under the alignment of what God is doing. We still recognize that God is building something and he asks us to take part and partner with him in that. And I believe God is building something. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what he's building. He's building something in us individually, each of us, like he's working, he's shaping, he's, he's forming us. He, he's building something in us as a community of faith, as a church. And, and he's building something in, in our city and, and beyond. I believe God is, is, is doing something that is engaging where people are at. I believe he's building faith in us. I believe he's building expectation and expectancy in us. I believe he's, he's building strength in us for what lays ahead. And that's pretty important. I believe that God is building in our teams. I believe God is building our staff. I believe God is building leaders as we lean into the decade before us. And the reason that's so important is because where he's taking us is new ground. I believe that God is drawing us into his plans and purposes for our city that is, is beyond where we've been, it's beyond what we've tried, it's beyond all those things. And because of that, we need each other even more. We, we need that sense of community. We need all hands on deck. We need him more than ever. We need each other more than ever. And we need those he's calling that aren't even here yet more than ever. I want to read 
some of the story found in, in Nehemiah, uh, as recorded in the, in the memoirs of, of Nehemiah in, in the book in the Old Testament. And I want to pull out a, a few key principles that will serve us well in 2020, both corporately and individually. So when we started this out back at the very beginning of the year, in, in Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah, servant of the king of Persia in Susa, got a report from his brother that the walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed, that the people were in distress, and, and it was a mess. And when, so when he heard this report, Nehemiah is serving the king in Susa, which is in Persia, and he hears this report of his homeland, and he's distraught. He weeps. He goes to fasting and prayer. And, and he focuses on that, and he prays that God would intervene, and he prays for the favor of the king. After four months, <laughs> I went like this, after four months, no, okay, keep going. After four months, he finally got his audience with the king. So in that time, as he continued to pray, God was at work. See, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, and I'm going to jump down through. I'm going to pick and choose different verses. I encourage you to read the story itself, but, but um, I'll, I'll just pull out some that are, are pertinent to these, the, the points I'm going to make. So Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 says, says, the king asked him, how can we help? How can I help? And, and Nehemiah says, with a prayer to God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Verse 7 says, I also said to the king, if it please the king, grant me safe travels. And he also asked for timber and resources to rebuild. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. So I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except for the donkey I was riding. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 16, skipping down a few more verses. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not spoken to the Jewish leaders, you know, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, you know very well the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Then Nehemiah chapter 3. And the whole book of Nehemiah chapter 3 is a list of the different people that were involved. It describes the building process. Verse 1 tells us that the high priests and the priests joined in the work. Verse 2 tells us that it included people from Jericho. Verse 5 tells us there were people from Tekoa that were a part of it. Verse 8 says that the goldsmiths and perfume makers worked on, on different sections of the wall. Verse 12 tells us fathers and daughters worked side by side. I mean, praise God, what a story of bringing people together under a common purpose to accomplish incredible things. Never underestimate what can God will do through a group of people dedicated to a cause for his glory to build something. Let's pause for a moment in prayer. God, I thank you for your word. And I pray that, Lord, as we look at this and as we unpack it, God, that you would be building something in us and God building something through us. Lord, I commit these words to you. I commit this, this, this moment to you, God, because I believe it's a moment. And I pray, God, that you would use it for your glory that you would continue to build, you would continue to be glorified, and that you would continue to transform. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. So they're reliant on him. They're committed to a cause. But the first thing we need to recognize is it does not come easy. It didn't come easy for them, and it won't come easy for us in some ways. If we want to be the kind of people that, that Nehemiah rallied, that God used in this circumstance, if we want to be that kind of people, we have to be committed to preparation. Committed to preparation. It's like, well, what do you mean by that? We have to be committed to the parts of the story that require something of us if we want to experience the parts of the story that show the miracles and God's intervention and what he did. If we want to see God move, we have to be committed to be disciplined. I know that's a dirty word unless you're going to the gym, but it's like disciplined. We have to be people of prayer, people to learn, people to grow. Nehemiah's preparation had many aspects. And I want to actually touch on them this week and even into next week because there was more than I could possibly do today because there's so much in there. And they all start with the letter P. So yes, in all your, your, your scripture writing courses, you know, there's alliteration. So you have to do everything has to start with the same. But this one's actually pretty good. I mean, it's somewhat happened by accident, but it's like, hey, it's, it's all good. When we consider the call to preparation for what God is and will build, here's the first. Here's the first P word, the first preparation. And you're going to kind of get this rapid fire. I hope I'm not talking too fast. But um, here's, here's preparation number one. The first thing that Nehemiah was and we should be when it comes to preparation, it's prayer. It's prayer. Preparation in prayer. You know, 11 times in 13 chapters in, in the book of Nehemiah, it says something to the effect of, so I prayed to the Lord, or so we called out to God, or we prayed. 11 times in 13 chapters. I would say there's a pretty high focus on the power of prayer to Nehemiah. Guys, if we're going to build something worth giving our lives to, like, like serving and, and to getting into, it has to start, be sustained, and, and, and end in prayer. Prayer is so key to, to things happening behind the scenes that we can't say or can't see. The, the first message that we did in January was called Pray It Forward. And if, you're, uh, uh, if you want to catch up on that, if you missed that, you want to review that, that's on our website, uh, faithhalifax.org, and you can listen to that under the, the tab there. But it's Pray It Forward, and it was all about Nehemiah's prayer. We can... We, we can ex, uh, we can learn so much from that, but the prayer that he prayed, and we broke that down, it's interesting. It, change, it, it does change circumstance, but it changes us. Prayer is one of those things that, that helps us to align with what God's already doing. It's like we connect with the heart of God in prayer. And sometimes if we neglect that or we miss that or, we, or it gets pushed aside, we you know, we kind of feel that disconnect. I mean, I've been there. I mean, you know what I mean, right? You kind of, life happens, there's things going on, and somehow that gets neglected a little bit, and you feel a bit disconnected. Prayer is so important. It starts with prayer. It's number one. Prep number one is prayer. Preparation number two, provision. So we've got prayer, provision. God gave Nehemiah an opportunity when he went before the king in chapter two. In spite of his fear, he prays, and then he made bold requests. He recognized the opportunity that he had. He, he not only prayed, but he believed that God would answer. Because he prayed for favor. 
And so when he got that favor, he didn't just go, mm, you know, he was like, well, king, I need to go to Judah. I want to rebuild the walls of my city. Oh, and by the way, um, could you write a letter to your, your head uh, uh, wood chopper guy? Lumberjack, whatever. <laughs> it's funny because I've done it for a living. But anyway, would you, would, you, would you write him a letter and say, by the way, we need timber. We, we need timber. We need, we've got to rebuild some stuff. So I thought, I'm going anyway. Would you send some things that we can use to build? And the king even goes so far as to send troops with him, mounted troops, to get him from Susa to, to Judah, to Jerusalem. So it's like there's a, there's a sense of recognizing the opportunity, and he capitalized on it. He found the resources. He pulled things together. God gave him favor, but Nehemiah was intentional. Like he, he was going for it. He, and he was ready to give of his own as well. It wasn't just, he, he, you know, sometimes we, we get the idea that, you know, some, if somebody else is paying the bill, we're pretty brave with what we order, right? But this was a case where Nehemiah was like, no, I'm, I'm into this. And we read in chapter 5, or yes, we read in chapter 5, verse 16. It's jumping down a bit, but Nehemiah 5, 16 says this. Speaking of Nehemiah, he says, I also devoted myself to working on the wall. And I refused to acquire any land. And I required all my servants to spend time working on the wall. So, so not only did he decide he would chip in, right? So, so he, he doesn't buy land that he could have. He didn't do all those things. But he, he gets his hands dirty. He gets involved. And he gets his, like, so it's like he pays his guys to work on the wall. So, like, there's this sense of his investment in what was happening. He didn't do it from a distance, so guys, if, we're, if we are building it, then we're investing in it. Okay, so if, if we want to be part of, of the celebration, we've got to be part of the investment. There's a sense of, of belonging. We have different seasons. I get that. We have different gifts. We have, have different levels of resource. But as God builds what he desires to build in our city, let's believe for provision. And let's invest our, of ourselves. Let's invest of our own resources. Let's invest of our time, of our finances, of our gifts, and see what God can do as we do that together. So we start in prayer, and we sustain it in prayer. We continue in prayer. But we believe for provision. We see what's in our hand, what's around us, the opportunities that we have to be able to be leveraged for his kingdom, and we invest. So prayer, provision, number three, prayer, provision, and plan and plan. Nehemiah didn't just pray. He did pray, but he prayed and he thought it through. He prayed and he considered it. He pondered. He strategized, and it, he came up with a plan. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11 says, so I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slept out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not, put, uh, I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. The plans were there, and God was stirring some. He had some divine strategy at work as he was doing what he did. And so as we, as we continue to pray and as we continue to seek provision, it's like it's important for us to plan and think ahead and, and get wisdom from God. If God's laid something on, you, on your heart, it's the seed of potential. God places things on it. I believe he does that. He puts a seed of something, whether it's a strategy or a ministry or a business idea or a relationship or a strategy to reach people. And he puts that in our hearts. That is watered and nurtured through prayer, 
provision and planning. Those things come together as God works in our hearts. And as we see those things, it just advances his kingdom. So one more. Prayer, provision, planning. Preparation number four, people. This one's pretty important, and I love looking around this room and seeing the diversity, seeing the, just the incredible group of people that God has brought together today for such a time as this to hear this message. Whether you're part of this church or not, I believe God is, is speaking to us this morning because God's put things in our hearts, and he wants to those things come to fruition. So people, preparation number four is people. As I mentioned earlier, chapter three begins to lay this out, a whole list of people of, of, that came together to, to be able to work together to see it happen. And um, it's, it's an interesting group. Everyone took part. I mean, goldsmiths to priests, right? It's like, it's an interesting spread, people moving rocks around and building a wall. Perfumers to politicians. I'm not even going to make any comments there. People from all walks of life, okay? All walks of life, all working side by side for the common good. I mean, people built close to their homes. They built a wall that was close to their homes, trusting other people to be able to build closer to their homes and to, to, to fill in the gaps in other places. Some lived in Jerusalem. But the task was such that Nehemiah even rallied people from the region. Like, it, wasn't, it was sufficient enough of a cause, of a call, of a purpose that, that the people that were already there weren't enough to accomplish what was on God's heart for them. So he called people from the different regions. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 21 says, We worked early and late, from sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. And I also told everyone living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem. That way they and, and their servants could help with the guard duty at night and work during the day. It was bigger than them, and Nehemiah knew it. They needed each other, and Nehemiah knew it. I also want to note the dynamic after the building of the wall was done. So we've, we've been focusing on the first part of the story where they come together, the resources, they lay the block, they, they build the wall. But even after that's completed, there's still that sense of, of community. There's still that sense of what God was doing. So I want to skip to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 1. I love this. All the people assembled with a unified purpose. And they assembled at the square just inside the water gate. It's funny because they gathered in celebration just inside the wall that they had just built. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. Verse 4 says, Ezra, the scribe, stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. To his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. To his left stood, hey, you try to say some of these names. I can't even, yeah. To his left said, stood Pedadiah, Mishael, Milkajiah, Hesham, Zechariah, and Meshalem. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of the people. And when they saw him open the book of the, the law, they all stood to their feet. I <laughs> mean, what a moment. Verse 9, then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, 
Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the word of the law. They stood side by side. I want you to, to picture the power of this. They stood side by, by side. You had Ezra and Nehemiah and the Levites. The reason I went through the pain of trying to say all of those names was the importance of these were, these were actual people with names. It wasn't just a crowd. They, and they were specifically there to support what was happening. I mean, we just, we just had membership. And it's like Debbie was reading names. I was shaking hands and giving out the certificates. The board was to the left and to the right, welcoming the people. It, it's, this, it's this picture of working together. Nehemiah understood that it was about mobilizing people, and there was no way he could accomplish what God was building by himself. We've got to remember that. And after the wall was built, he had Ezra come to the platform to share the load of leading the people. The Levites stood with them for the purpose of empowering the people, teaching the people. It's such a picture of multiplied leadership, of leveraging each other's strengths, of working together. I can't do this on my own. I mean, I feel like I'm called to be here for such a time as this, to rally the people, to build something for God, but I cannot do this on my own, nor should I try. That's a recipe for disaster. Trust me, if your hope is in me, you're in guaranteed a disappointment. But God has called us together. He's called us to be part of a team. God is rallying his people. Thank God for our staff here at this church. They're an incredible bunch. Thank God for our board here at this church. Again, they are an incredible bunch of people dedicated to God, committed to what God wants to do, a heart for God and for this city. I thank God for the, the leaders, the volunteer leaders, and those that God's raised up to lead teams in this church who have a passion to see the gospel of Jesus Christ reach other people, to greet them when they come through the door, to, to do all those things. I thank you for the volunteers. I thank God for the volunteers, for people that are willing to give of themselves, of their time, of their resources, because they know it's bigger than them. What God can accomplish through us together overwhelmingly outweighs what one of us could accomplish alone. Thank God for people. We need people. We need each other. As the team comes back, I just want to kind of wrap this up with a thought. I'm going to continue next week with a couple more P words. I'm going to be talking about proximity and perseverance. You, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be great. It's probably two of the be my favorite um, aspects of this, of this series. Proximity and perseverance. But today, today, right now, in this place, maybe you're here and you're wondering. And, and your question is like, do I even belong here? Maybe you're, you're questioning your qualifications. You're questioning, am I prepared? Am I ready? Can I encourage you this morning? Yes, I believe you are here for a reason, and I believe that you can be encouraged for what God is doing and that you do belong here and know you're not disqualified. So can I can encourage you, as you ask those questions and as you think about those things, don't use them 
as a means to disqualify yourself from what God is doing. Don't, don't, don't lean on, I'll say, those qualifications to the point where you use it as a way to count yourself out. Rather than disqualify yourself this morning, can I encourage you to prepare, to lean in, to dig deep, to commit to being prepared, to do what you can do to be ready? In case you're wondering what those things do, they all start with P. <clears throat> Let's be prepared in prayer. It's so important for us to get aligned with God and to find the strength and that connection there and that, that closeness to God. Time spent with God in prayer. It's so key to giving us the strength and the hope and the direction that we need moving forward. Let's prepare in prayer. And let's, let's be prepared in provision. It's recognizing the resources around us. We, we're not all gifted the same way. We're not all, we're not all, all, we don't all have access to the exact same things, but we all have access to something. And that's something that God's put in our world, put in our hand. It could be time, could be talent, could be resources, could be personality, it could be whatever it is. There's something there that if we recognize it, that can be used for God's kingdom. He's put us in places of influence, places where we are, have access to resources. Can we be prepared in provision? And can we prepare, be prepared with a plan? The funny thing about a dream is a dream typically remains a dream until we have a plan to go with it. Intentions are good. I can have intentions of going to the gym and being healthy. I do have those intentions, but I have no plan. <laughs> to be quite honest, I don't even plan to go. But my intentions are good. But as we begin to plan and put some pieces together and actually think about it, take some time, chisel it out, to sit down and really just think about, okay, God, if you're doing this, what, what are you doing? God, you're putting pieces together. Who have you brought into my life? What is the, what is the opportunity that, God, help me to see the plan Seek divine strategies. And lastly, let's recognize that we need people. We need each other. Recognize that we can't do this alone, and none of us can. None of us can. God puts us in families for reason. God puts us together for reason. We can share one another's burdens. We can, we can pray for one another. We can encourage one another. We can, we, we can lift each other up. We can leverage each other's strengths and Help to cover each other's weaknesses. Greater love has no person than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And love covers a multitude of sins. I'm glad my, life, my wife loves me. Yes. She proves it daily. Love covers a multitude of sins. Can I, can I ask us to stand together? I just want to pray for us. Because I believe that Prayer is where it starts. And, and as I pray, I'm, I'm believing for provision. I'm believing for plans to come into people's minds. I'm believing for people to recognize the people to the left and the right and to those that are, are gathered together, that those are, are people that God has called us to, to interact with and to connect with and that there's a, there's a synergy, there's a power in that. So God, we thank you for your word and I thank you, Lord, that, 
that you're doing something, you're building something, God, that there's, there's, there's something happening in our midst that, that is supernatural and, and, and it's powerful and it's exciting. And God, we recognize, wow, it's bigger than us. God, this is so much bigger than us. Lord, we don't have what it takes, but Lord, together and with you, we recognize that you will bring what is needed. God, that you are there to provide, that you are there to call us forward, Lord, that as we pray, you align our hearts with your heart. And God, that as we, as we plan and as we believe for divine strategy, God, I believe that you're rallying people. God, every week I, I see a new face and, and, and I just say, God, how exciting, Lord. There's another face. There's another person. There's another uh, uh, someone finding purpose, finding God, finding community. And Lord, so I thank you for those things. And Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, if there's someone here, God, that, that, that maybe they're new to the city, maybe they're new to this church, maybe they're, they're new to Christianity, maybe they're not even a believer yet. And, and God, they're seeking community. They're seeking their people. God, may we be people today that welcome and embrace and provide that community, Lord, and help us to walk that out. Lord, for, for those that, that may be recognizing that there's, there's a call to, to give more, to, res, to, to resource, to, to step out in faith, Lord, you would be their provision. You would be their direction, Lord. You would be their, their inspiration, God. Let nothing be done out of coercion or, or guilt or any of those things, but Lord, may vision and hope and the call of God and, and may the purposes of God be so abundant in people's hearts that they, they just want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, which they are. God, help us to love you. Help us to love each other and help us to focus on you as we believe for incredible things in our future. In Jesus' name. Amen.